0: THE IRON CAPTAIN The wind was blowing from the north as the iron victory came round the point and entered the holy bay called Naga's Cradle. Victorian joined Newt the barber at her prow. Ahead loomed the sacred shore of Old Wyke and the grassy hill above it, where the ribs of Naga rose from the earth like the trunks of great white trees, as wide around as a drumman's mast and twice as tall. The bones of the Grey King's Hall. Victorian could feel the magic of this place. Balin stood beneath those bones when he first named himself the king, he recalled. He swore to win us back our freedoms, and Tarl the thrice drowned placed a driftwood crown upon his head. Balon they cried. Balon, Balon King! They will shout your name as loud, said Newt, Victorian nodded, though he did not share the barber's certainty. Balan had three sons, and a daughter he loved well. He had said as much to his captains at Moat Galen when first they urged him to claim the Sea Stone Chair. Balan's sons are dead, Red Ralph Stonehouse had argued, and Asher is a woman. You were your brother's strong right arm. You must pick up the sword that he let fall. When Victorian reminded them that Balon had commanded him to hold the moat against the Northmen, Ralph Kenning said, "'The wolves are broken, lord. What good to win this swamp and lose the isles?' And Ralph the Limper added, "'The crow's eyes has been too long away. He knows us not.'" Euron Greyjoy, King of the Isles and the North the thought woke an old rage in his heart, but still— "'Words are wind,' Victorian told them. "'And the only good wind is that which fills our sails. "'Would you have me fight the crow's eye, "'brother against brother, ironborn against ironborn?' "'Urin was still his elder, "'no matter how much bad blood might be between them. "'Ah, no man is as accursed as the Kingslayer.' "'But when the damp hair's summon came,' the call to King's Moot. Then all was changed. Aaron speaks with the Drowned God's voice, Victarion reminded himself, and if the Drowned God wills that I should sit the Seastone Chair. The next day he gave command of Moat Cailin to Rafe Kenning and set off overland for the Fever River, where the Iron Fleet lay amongst the reeds and willows. Rough seas and fickle winds had delayed him but only one ship had been lost, and he was home. Grief and Iron Vengeance were close behind as Iron Victory passed the headland. Behind came Hard Hand, Iron Wynne, Grey Ghost, Lord Quellon, Lord Vican, Lord Dagon, and the rest nine-tenths of the Iron Fleet, sailing on the evening tide in a ragged column that extended back long leagues. The sight of their sails filled Victorian Greyjoy with content. No man had ever loved his wives half as well as the Lord Captain loved his ships. Along the sacred strand of Old Wyke, long ships lined the shore as far as the eye could see, their masts thrust up like spears. In the deeper waters rode prizes—cogs, carracks, and drummonds, one in raid or war too big to run ashore. From prow and stern and mast flew familiar banners. Newt the barber squinted toward the strand. Is that Lord Arlor's sea song? The barber was a thick set man with bandy legs and long arms, but his eyes were not so keen as they had been when he was young. In those days he could throw an axe so well that men said he could shave you with it. A sea song, aye. Roderick the reader had left his books, it would seem. And there's old Drum's Thunderer. With Black Tide's night flyer beside her. Victorian's eyes were as sharp as they had ever been. Even with their sails furled and their banners hanging limp, he knew them, as befit the Lord Captain of the Iron Fleet. A silverfin too, some kin of Sir Wayne Botley. The crow's eye had drowned Lord Botley, Victorian had heard, and his heir had died at Moat Kaelin. "'but there had been brothers and other sons as well.' "'How many?' Four. "'No, five, and none with any cause to love the crow's eye.' "'And then he saw her, a single-masted galley, "'lean and low, with a dark red hull. "'Her sails, now furled, were black as a starless sky. "'Even at anchor, silence looked both cruel and fast.' On her prow was a black iron maiden with one arm outstretched. Her waist was slender, her breasts high and proud, her legs long and shapely. A windblown mane of black iron hair streamed from her head, and her eyes were mother of pearl. But she had no mouth. Victorian's hands closed into fists. He had beaten four men to death with those hands, and one wife as well. Though his hair was flecked with hoarfrost, he was as strong as he had ever been, with a bull's broad chest and a boy's flat belly. The Kingslayer is accursed in the eyes of gods and men. Balin had reminded him on the day he sent the crow's eye off to sea. He is here, Victorin told the barber. Drop sail. We proceed on oars alone. Command grief and iron vengeance to stand between silence and the sea the rest of the fleet to seal the bay. None is to leave save at my command, neither man nor crew. The men upon the shore had spied their sails. Shouts echoed across the bay as friends and kin called out greetings, but not from silence. On her decks, a motley crew of mutes and mongrels spoke no word as the iron victory drew nigh. Men, black as tar, stared out at him, "'and others squat and hairy as the apes of Sotherus.' "'Monsters,' victorian thought. "'They dropped anchor twenty yards from silence. "'Lower a boat. I would go ashore.' "'He buckled on his sword-belt as the rowers took their places. "'His long-sword rested on one hip, a dirk upon the other. "'Newt the barber fastened the lord captain's cloak about his shoulders.' It was made of nine layers of cloth of gold sewn in the shape of the Kraken of Greyjoy. Arms dangled to his boots. Beneath he wore heavy grey chainmail over boiled black leather. In Moat Kaelin he had taken to wearing mail day and night. Sore shoulders and an aching back were easy to bear than bloody bowels. The poisoned arrows of the bug devils need only scratch a man, and a few hours later, he would be squatting and screaming as his life ran down his legs in gouts of red and black. Whoever wins the sea stone chair, I shall deal with the bug devils. Victorian donned a tall black war helm, wrought in the shape of an iron kraken. Its arms coiled down around his cheeks to meet beneath his jaw. By then, the boat was ready. I put the chess into your charge he told Newt, as he climbed over the side. "'See that they are strongly guarded. Much depended on the chests. "'As you command, your grace.' victorian returned a sour scowl. "'I am no king as yet.' He clambered down into the boat. Aaron Damphir was waiting for him in the surf, with his water-skin slung beneath one arm. The priest was gaunt and tall, though shorter than victorian His nose rose like a shark's fin from a bony face, and his eyes were iron. His beard reached to his waist, and tangled ropes of hair slapped at the back of his legs when the wind blew. "'Brother,' he said, as the waves broke white and cold around their ankles, "'what is dead can never die.' "'But rises again, harder and stronger.' Victorian lifted off his helm and knelt. The bay filled his boots and soaked his breeches as Aaron poured a stream of salt water down upon his brow, and so they prayed. Where is our brother, Crozai? The Lord Captain demanded of Aaron Dampfair when the prayers were done. He is in the great tent of cloths of gold, there where the din is loudest. He surrounds himself with godless men and monsters worse than before. In him our father's blood went bad. Our mother's blood as well. Victorian would not speak of kingslaying. Here in this godly place, beneath the bones of Naga and the great king's hall. But many a night he dreamed of driving a male fist into Euron's smiling face, until the flesh split and his bad blood ran red and free. I must not. I pledge my word to Balon. All have come? he asked his priestly brother. All who matter. The captains and the kings. On the Iron Islands, they were one and the same, for every captain was a king on his own deck, and every king must be a captain. Do you mean to claim our father's crown? Victorian imagined himself seated on the sea stone chair. If the drowned god wills it, the waves will speak said Aaron Damphir, as he turned away. Listen to the waves, brother. Aye. He wondered how his name would sound, whispered by waves, and shouted by captains and the kings. If the cup should pass to me, I will not set it by. A crowd had gathered round to wish him well and seek his favor. Victorin saw men from every isle, black tides, tawnies, orkwoods, stone-trees, winches, and many more. The good brothers of Old Wyke, the good brothers of Great Wyke, and the good brothers of Orkman all had come. The cods were there, though every decent man despised them. Humble shepherds, weavers, and netters rubbed shoulders with men from houses ancient and proud, even humble humbles, the blood of thralls and salt wives, A volmark Clapped Victorian on the back. Two spars pressed a wineskin into his hands. He drank deep, wiped his mouth, and let them bear him off to their cook fires, to listen to their talk of war and crowns and plunder, and the glory and the freedom of his reign. That night the men of the Iron Fleet raised a huge sailcloth tent above the tideline, so Victorian might feast half a hundred famous captains on roast kid, salted cod, and lobster. Aaron came as well. He ate fish and drank water, whilst the captains quaffed enough ale to float the Iron Fleet. Many promised him their voices. Fragleg the Strong, Clever Arvin Sharp, Humpbacked Hotho Harlaw. Hotho offered him a daughter of his queen. I have no luck with waves, Victorian told him. His first wife died in childbed, giving him a stillborn daughter. His second had been stricken by a pox, and his third. A king must have an heir, Hotho insisted. The close eye brings three sons to show before the king's moot. Ah, bastards and mongrels! how old is this daughter? Twelve, said Hotho, fair and fertile, newly flowered, with hair the color of honey. Her breasts are small, as yet, but she has good hips. She takes after her mother more than me. Victorian knew that to mean the girl did not have a hump. Yet when he tried to picture her, he only saw the wife he'd killed. He had sobbed each time he struck her, and afterwards carried her down to the rocks to give her to the crabs. I will gladly look on the girl once I am crowned, he said. That was as much as Hotho dared hope for. And he shambled off, content. black Blacktide was more difficult to please. He sat by Victorian's elbow in his lambswool tunic of black and green very, smooth faced and comely. His cloak was sable and pinned with a silver seven pointed star. He had been eight years a hostage in Old Town and had returned a worshipper of the seven Greenland gods. Balon was mad, Aaron is madder and you're on as maddest of them all, Lord Baylor said. And what of you, Lord Captain, if I shout your name, will you make an end of this mad war? Victorian frowned. Would you have me bend the knee? If need be. We can't stand alone against all Westeros. King Robert proved that, to our grief. Balon would pay the iron price for freedom, he said but our women bought Balon's crowns with empty beds. My mother was one such. The old way is dead. Ah, what is dead can never die, but rises harder and stronger. In a hundred years men will sing of Balon the Bold. Balon the Widowmaker, call him. I will gladly trade his freedom for a father. Have you want to give me? When Victorian did not answer, Blacktide snorted and moved off. The tent grew hot and smoky. Two of Goral Goodbrother's sons knocked a table over fighting. Will Humble lost a wager and had to eat his boot. Little Lenwood Tawney fiddled, whilst Romney Weaver sang The Bloody Cop and Steel Rain, and other old reaving songs. Carl the Maid and Eldred Cod danced the finger dance. A roar of laughter went up when one of Eldred's fingers landed in Rafe the Limper's wine cup. A woman was among those laughing. Victorian rose and saw her by the tent flap, whispering something in the ear of Carl the Maid that made him laugh as well. He had hoped she would not be fool enough to come here, yet the sight of her made him smile all the same. Asher! he called in a commanding voice. Niece! She made her way to his side, lean and lithe, in high boots of salt stained leather, green woolen breeches, and brown quilted tunic, a sleeveless leather jerkin half unlaced. Nuncle Asher Greyjoy was tall for a woman, yet she had to stand on her toes to kiss his cheek. I am pleased to see you at my Queen's Moot. A Queen's Moot <laughs> Victorian laughed. How you drunk, niece? Sit. I did not spy your black wind on the strand. I beached her beneath Norn Good Brothers' castle and rode across the island. She sat on a stool and helped herself unasked to Newt the barber's wine. Newt raised no objection. He had passed out drunk some time ago. Who holds them out? Rafe Kenning. With the young wolf dead, only the bug devils remain to plague us. The Starks were not the only Norsemen. The Iron Throne has named the Lord of the Dreadfort as Warden of the North. "'Would you lessen me in warfare? "'I was fighting battles when you were sucking mother's milk. "'And losing battles, too.' "'Asha took a drink of wine. "'Victorin did not like to be reminded of Fair Isle. "'Every man should lose a battle in his youth, "'so he does not lose a war when he is old. "'You have not come to make a claim, I hope.' "'She teased him with a smile. "'And if I have.' "'There are men who remember when you were a little girl "'swimming naked in the sea and playing with your doll. "'I played with axes, too.' "'You did,' he had to grant. "'But a woman wants a husband, not a crown. "'When I am king, I'll give you one. "'Oh, my knuckle is so good to me. "'Shall I find a pretty wife for you when I am queen? "'I have no luck with waves. "'How long have you been here?' long enough to see that Uncle Dampere has woken more than he intended. The drum means to make a claim, and Tal the Thrice Drowned was heard to say that Marin Volmark is the true heir of the Black Line. The king must be a kraken, but a crow's eye is a kraken. The elder brother comes before the younger. Asher leaned closer. But I am the child of King Balan's brother, so I come before you both. Hear me, an uncle. But then a sudden silence fell. The singing died, little Lenwood Tawney lowered his fiddle, men turned their heads, even the clatter of plates and knives was hushed. A dozen newcomers had entered the feast tent. Victorian saw pinch faced John Meyer, a tall old Browntooth, left-hand Lucas Cod. German Botley crossed his arms against the gilded breastplate he had taken off a Lannister captain during Balon's first rebellion. Orkwood of Orkmont stood beside him. Behind them were Stonehand, Kellan Humble, and the Red Oarsman with his fiery hair in braids. Rafe the Shepherd, too, and Rafe of Lordsport, and Carl the Thrall. And the crow's eye, Euron Greyjoy. Ah, he looks unchanged, Victorian thought. He looks the same as he did the day he laughed at me and left. Euron was the most comely of Lord Kellan's sons, and three years of exile had not changed that. His hair was still black as a midnight sea, with never a white cap to be seen, and his face was still smooth and pale beneath his neat, dark beard. A black leather patch covered Euron's left eye, but his right was blue as a summer sky. Ah, his smiling eye, thought Victorian. Crows' eye, he said. King, Crows' eye, brother. Euron smiled. His lips looked very dark in the lamplight, bruised and blue. We shall have no king but from the king's moot. The damfare stood. No godless man may sit the sea stone chair. I. Euron glanced about the tent. As it happens, I have oft sat upon the sea stone chair of late. It raises no objections. His smiling eye was glittering. Who knows more of gods than I? Horse gods and fire gods, gods made of gold with gemstone eyes, gods carved of cedar wood. "'guards chiselled into mountains, guards of empty air. "'I know them all. "'I have seen their peoples garden them with flowers "'and shed the blood of goats and bulls and children in their names. "'And I have heard the prayers in half a hundred tongues. "'Cure my withered leg, make the maiden love me, "'grant me a healthy son, save me, succour me, Make me wealthy, protect me, protect me from mine enemies, protect me from the darkness, protect me from the crabs inside my belly, from the horse lords, from the slavers, from the swords at my door. Protect me from the silence. (laughs) He he laughed. Godless, why, Aaron, I am the godliest man ever to raise sail. You serve one god, Damphir, but I have served ten thousand. From Ib to Assai, when men see my sails, they pray. The priest raised a bony finger. They pray to trees and golden idols and goat-headed abominations, false gods. Just so said Duran, and for that sin I kill them all. I spill their blood upon the sea and sow their screaming women with my seed. Their little gods cannot stop me so plainly. They are false gods. I am more devout than even you, Aaron. Perhaps it should be you who kneels to me for blessing. The red oarsman laughed loudly at that, and the others took their lead from him. Fools, said the priest, fools and thralls and blind men. That is what you are. Do you not see what stands before you? A king, said Quellen humble. The damfare spat and strode out into the night. When he was gone, the crow's eye turned his smiling eye upon Victorian. Lord, captain, have you no greeting for a brother long away? Nor you, Asher. How fares your lady mother? Poorly, Asher said. Some man made her a widow. Euron shrugged. I have heard the storm god swept Balan to his death. Who is this man who slew him? Tell me his name, niece, so I might revenge myself on him. Asher got to her feet. You know his name as well as I. Three years you were gone from us. And yet silence returns within a day of my Lord Father's death. Do you accuse me? Euron asked mildly. Should I? The sharpness in Asher's voice made Victorian frown. It was dangerous to speak so to the crow's eye, even when his smiling eye was shining with amusement. Do I command the winds? The crow's eye asked his pets. Uh, no, Your Grace. Said Orkwood of Orkmont. "No man commands the winds." Said German Butley, "When that you did, the Red Oarsman said you would sail wherever you liked and never be becalmed." There you have it from the mouths of three brave men," Huron said. The silence was at sea when Balon died. If you doubt an uncle's word. I give you leave to ask my crew. A crew of mutes? Aye, that would serve me well. A husband would serve you well. Urin turned to his followers again. Torwald, I misremember. Do you have a wife? Uh, only the one. Torwald Brantooth grinned and showed how he had won his name. I am unwed, announced left-hand Lucas Cod. And for good reason, Asher said. All women do despise the Cods as well. Don't look at me so mournful, Lucas. You still have your famous hand. She made a pumping motion with her fist. Cod cursed, till the crow's eye put a hand on his chest. Was that courteous, Asher? You have wounded Lucas to the quick. Easier than wounding him in the prick. I throw an axe as well as any man. "'But when the target is so small—' "'This girl forgets herself,' snarled Pinch-Faced John Meyer. "'Balon let her believe she was a man. "'Your father made the same mistake with you,' said Asher. "'Give her to me, Euron,' suggested the Red Oarsman. "'I'll spank her till her ass is as red as my hair. "'Come, try," said Asher. "'And hereafter we can call you the Red Eunuch.' "'The throwing axe was in her hand.' She tossed it in the air and caught it deftly. Here is my husband, uncle. Any man who wants me shall take it up with him. Victorian slammed his fist upon the table. I'll have no bloodshed here. Urine, take your pets and go. I had looked for a warmer welcome from you, brother. I am your elder and soon your rightful king. Victorian's face darkened. "'When the Kingsmoot speaks, we shall see who wears the driftwood crown.' "'Oh, on that we can agree!' Euron lifted two fingers to the patch that covered his left eye and took his leave. The others followed at his heels like mongrel dogs. Silence lingered behind him till little Enwood Tawney took up his fiddle. The wine and ale began to flow again, but several guests had lost their thirst." Eldred Cod slipped out, cradling his bloody hand. Then will humble. Hotho Harlow, a goodly lot of good brothers. N'uncle, I shall put a hand upon his shoulder. Walk with me, if you would. Outside the tent, the wind was rising. Clouds raced across the moon's pale face. They looked a bit like galleys, stroking hard to ram. The stars were faint and few. All along the strand, the long ships rested, tall masts rising like a forest from the surf. Victorian could hear their hulls creaking as they settled on the sand. He heard the keening of their lines, the sound of banners flapping. Beyond in the deeper waters of the bay, larger ships bobbed at anchor, grim shadows wreathed in mist. They walked along the strand together just above the surf, far from the camps and the cook-fires. Ah, "'Tell me, Nuncle,' Asher said, "'why did Urin go away so suddenly? "'The crow's eye off went Reavin. "'Never for so long. "'He took the silence east, a lengthy voyage. "'I asked why he went not where "'When he did not answer, Asher said, "'I was away when silence sailed. "'I had taken Black Wind round the arbour to the Stepstones.' to steal a few trinkets from the Lycene pirates. When I came home, urin was gone, and your new wife was dead. She was only a salt wife. He had not touched another woman, since he gave her to the crabs. I will need to take a wife when I am king, a true wife, to be my queen and bear me sons. A king must have an heir. Oh, my father refused to speak of her, said Asher. It does no good to speak of things no man can change. He was wary of the subject. I saw the reader's longship. It took all my charm to winkle him out of his book tower. She has the Harlows, then. Victorian's frown grew deeper. You cannot hope to rule. You are a woman. Is that why I always lose the pissing contests? Asher laughed. Uncle, it grieves me to say so but you may be right. For four days and four nights I have been drinking with the captains and the kings, listening to what they say and what they will not say. Mine own are with me and many are lost. I have Tris Butley too and some few others. Not enough. She kicked a rock and sent it splashing into the water between two longships. I am of a mind to shout my uncle's name. Which uncle? he demanded. You have three. For, not clear me. I will place a driftwood crown upon your brow myself. If you will agree to share the rule, share the rule. How could that be? The woman's not making sense. Does she want to be my queen? Victorin found himself looking at Asher in a way he had never looked at her before. He could feel his manhood beginning to stiffen. She is Balon's daughter, he reminded himself. He remembered her. As a little girl throwing axes at a door, he crossed his arms against his chest. The sea stone chair seats but one. Then let my uncle sit, Asha said. I will stand behind you to guard your back and whisper in your ear. No king can rule alone. Even when the dragon sat the iron throne, they had men to help them. The king's hands. Let me be your hand, uncle. No king of the isles had ever needed a hand, much less one who was a woman. The captains and the kings would mock me in their cups. Why would ye wish to be my hand? To end this war, before this war ends us. We have won all that we are like to win, and stand to lose all just as quick, unless we make a peace. I have shown Lady Glover every courtesy, and she swears our lord will treat with me. If we hand back Deepwood Mott, Torren Square, and Moat Caylin, she says the Northmen will cede us Sea Dragon Point and all the Stony Shore. Those lands are thinly peopled, yet ten times larger than all the isles put together. An exchange of hostages will seal the pact, and each side will agree to make common cause with the other, should the Iron Throne—Victorian chuckled. This, Lady Glover, plays you for a fool, niece. Sea Dragon Point and Stony Shore are ours. Why hand back anything? Winterfell is burnt and broken, and the young wolf rots headless in the earth. We will have all the north, as your lord father dreamed. When longships learn to row through trees, perhaps. A fisherman may hook a grey leviathan, but it will drag him down to death unless he cuts it loose. The north is too large for us to hold and too full of northmen. Go back to your dolls, niece. Leave the winning of wars to warriors. Victorin showed her his fists. I have two hands. No man needs three. I know a man who needs house Harlow, though. Hotho Homback has offered me his daughter for my queen. If I take her, I will have the Harlows. That took the girl aback. "'Lord Roderick rules House Harlow. "'Roderick has no daughters, only books. "'Hotho will be his heir, and I will be the king.' "'Once he had said the words aloud, they sounded true. "'The crow's eye has been too long away. "'Some men look larger at a distance,' Asher warned. "'Walk amongst the cookfires, if you dare, and listen. "'They are not telling tales of your strength, nor of my famous beauty.' They talk only of the crow's eye, the far places he has seen, the women he has raped, and the men he's killed, the cities he has sacked, the way he burned Lord Tywin's fleet at Lannisport. I burned the lion's fleet, Victorian insisted. With my own hands I, I flung the first torch onto his flagship. The crow's eye hatched a scheme. Asher put her hand upon his arm. And killed your wife as well. Did he not? Balon had commanded them not to speak of it, but Balon was dead. He put a baby in her belly and made me do the killing. I would have killed him too, but Balin would have no kin-slaying in his hall. He sent Euron into exile never to return. Ah, so long as Balin lived. Victorian looked at his fists. She gave me horns. I had no choice. Had it been known, men would have laughed at me as a crow's eye laughed, when I confronted him. She came to me wet and willing. He had boasted. It seems Victorian is big everywhere, but where it matters. But he could not tell her that. I'm sorry for you, said Asher, and sorrier for her. But you leave me small choice but to claim the sea stone chair myself. You cannot. Your breath is yours to waste, woman. It is, she said, and left him.